to be really visionary is not to be one step or two steps ahead of your competition. That is just being developmental. Mm -hmm. Visionaries, you are 10 steps ahead when people look at you and say, what the hell is he trying to do? They don't get it. That's when you're a true visionary. The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value, not like others. To join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, Alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I've got a very special alpha for you today. Our alpha guest today is Dr. Anand Minon, a globally recognized CEO and success culture of Empowered Performance Company with a wealth, a great wealth of experience spanning over 25 years in the domains of real estate, hospitality, training and development, coaching and motivation. I was inspired and motivated even before starting to shoot the podcast. Dr. Menon has cemented his position as an inspirational figure in the fields of human potential engagement and leadership development. Drawing from his extensive educational background, including an executive doctoral degree in educational psychology and master's degree in human resource development and management, Dr. Menon has channeled his expertise in creating impactful systems such as Atari sales, impact, ROI, diagnostic, and much, much more. His innovative approach to understanding cognitive preferences and behavior has revolutionized the realms of sales, personal development, and coaching. Having worked with leading corporations such as Emirates Airlines, Amar, and the Mac properties, Dr. Anand has left a mark on the global business landscape. Today, we have the privilege of delving into his profound insights, experience, and gaining valuable wisdom on many things such as sales strategies, business development, personal development, and building thriving business cultures. Join me in welcoming the visionary, Dr. Anand Menon, to the Alpha Talks podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your time. Before starting the podcast, you've mentioned your day is extremely, extremely busy, so we appreciate being with us today. Dr. Anand, before we start, let's say once we publish the podcast, our audience will see the thumbnail with the title and they will think it is interesting. What can we promise them to gain if they give us their time today? It's very simple. Okay. How much is your life worth? What would be the price tag that you would put on your life? If you could give me that one hour of your time and I start you thinking about how to change the next 30 years of your life, would you consider that one hour well spent? I'll give you two, three, four. <laughs> I love the answer. Well, well, it's as simple as that. Everybody's looking to change their life today, but they're not looking necessarily in the right places. They're all looking outwards when the solution is inward, right? But at the end of the day, people want to have that better life out there. So that's what we do. We help people give them that direction. And at the end of the day, the sky is the limit. I even tell the Absolutely. people, don't even benchmark yourself against me. Why limit yourself? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you cannot be 10 times the Dr. Mm. Anand Menon. As long as the fire in your heart is there, you are able to get it. I love that. I love that. 
Can you tell us a little bit about yourself for your audience? In a nutshell, your experience is extremely diversified. So in a nutshell. All right. Well, I was born in India, in the southern part of India. Actually did not have a great uh, family background and upbringing. Very traumatic, actually. So we didn't get the necessary anchors and the, the foundations, the pillars of life, so, so to speak. So that actually from a very early part in my life made me this intensely ambitious, uh, go-getting kind of person. Almost at that point, wrong thinking, but almost at that point, needing to prove myself to anyone and everyone around. The benefit that came out from that is I was aggressive, never learned yeah. how to settle for the second, for second, was always creative, wasn't afraid of any challenge, bring it on. I really didn't care how big you were, but I'm up to it. Wrong way to start into it. It built the foundation for what I have today. Mm -hmm. But at that point of time, it wasn't smart. It was more of my way of kind of getting back at mm -hmm. life, family, parents, anyone and everything around me, because I'm going to show you how good I can be. So like I said, wrong spirit and intent, but eventually That's... all of that laid the foundation for what I actually do today. I love that. That was me as a person. But today, deeply spiritual as a person, very, very human oriented, always wanting to give a person a second, third and a fourth chance, wanting to be there. I'm the guy who stands for the underdog. I know I'm trouble. You go for a massive championship fight. You can have the whole stadium on the side of the guy who's going to win. It's a walkover match. Mm -hmm. I'm with the underdog. Did this change from the early days to now changed? Are you striving to be number one still or not? Well, actually, yes, but in a different way. I mm -hmm. want to be the best at what I do so that I can give the best to the people who look up to me. Mm -hmm. In the past, it wasn't that way. I had to be number one for myself. I had to show that it, it didn't matter where you came from. It didn't matter what happened with you. I've got it in me. I'm going to be number one. And I'm going to show you that it was a very selfish agenda mm -hmm. to being number one. Today, it is selfless. Today, the I mean, I, let's be honest. The reason I'm here today is because of what I've been doing for people in my life, not True. because of what I'm doing for myself. So the agenda changed, but the methodology remained the yeah, same. True. I got prepared for it in my early years. But when I became a little bit smarter, became a bit more spiritual, I understood it had to be bigger than myself. Hmm. You have to leave a legacy. See, the difference is this. We're going to pass on. It's as simple as mm -hmm. that. We're going to pass on. We have lesser time than we think we mm -hmm. have. However, the legacy will stay. So what is it that you want to leave? When I look at, I have one daughter. When I look at my daughter, when I look at the future, her kids, etc. How are they going to remember me when I'm gone? That is the driver today. Or are they going to be thankful that I'm gone? But a question. Did this happen in, a, in the middle of your career that you identified this, that you need to leave a legacy? Or when did it happen? Well, it happened uh, when I was around 25, between 25 and 26. And a lot of learnings came up to that point. What had happened is I became very independent, very competent. I was really good at what I did mm -hmm. in my late teens. Mm -hmm. And so I was always doing very well. But then I realized on the inside, it was hollow. Mm -hmm. You just were not happy. Okay, did that. What's next? So you were yeah. just there. Running, because running, you were running. zero value to anybody around you. Absolutely zero value. So at one point, you, okay, you've done this. Now it's boring. What's next? There was nothing I was giving to people that would make me feel good as a human. Mm -hmm. When I began to, dis and that's what started my search actually. And it actually led me in the direction of spirituality. I don't want to talk too mm -hmm. much about that because mm -hmm. I'm not sure how many people mm -hmm. are open to that. That's an intensely personal mm -hmm. thing. But I can say this one thing. I found myself in that. 
And when my spirituality became the foundation to anything and everything that I do, it literally took me light years into my future. And mm-hmm. that completely changed what I did. I love that. What made you move to Dubai then? Okay, for the same reason that a lot of people come to Dubai, make mm. little extra money. You think of family. I wasn't thinking family in those days. I was thinking mm. myself, well, make money, opportunity. That was the only reason I actually came to Dubai. Never thought that today I would be sitting here as an ambassador to the city yeah. of Dubai and particularly for industries like real estate. Mm-hmm. But when I came, this, this is what I believe. You see, we have this higher intelligence that works in all our lives. We may think we are smarter. We may think we, I mean, we know a lot yeah. more. And we get onto that plane thinking, I'm going to make a life for myself. And the big guy up there, the big boss up there says, get onto the plane. I'm okay to let you spend the next few years thinking it's you. But behind you, the hand that's moving you is mm. me. I'm moving you into that greater destiny for which I've called you. Which even if I had to tell you right now, you wouldn't get it mm-hmm. anyway. So get in there, do what you're going to do. But I'm going to pull the strings behind and set you up so that you will tomorrow not be a person of value just to yourself, but to an entire city. Mm, I love that. You started in hospitality. That's Am right. I correct? Yeah. How hospitality shaped Dr. Anand now? Okay, it shaped me in two ways. People in hospitality are very service oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, they always put the other person before them and above them. And I learned today in life that that is the secret to success. You know, you have to be the advancing person. Mm -hmm. You have to help people grow. And if you can do that, business comes to you. Relationships happen Mm -hmm. with you. You're in the community. Everybody comes to you because they see you as a giver rather than just a getter. And so the first thing hospitality did with me was it helped me to put people before myself. Mm -hmm. The second thing and probably the more important thing was it exposed me to a lot of cultures and nationalities from around the world. You see, a lot of businesses or industries that we work in, we might come across a few people. If you live in a city like Dubai, Mm -hmm. it is very internet. But generally, if I'm working in a particular field, I'm a mechanic, I'm a software technician, Mm -hmm. I might probably work out of a call center or a service center in India. I I meet a certain people. But Mm -hmm. in hospitality, because people travel around the world, both for business and pleasure, your exposure to people, cultures, other levels of uh, understanding was so immense. And you suddenly begin to realize that we live in an amazing world with so much out there and we're so limited where we are. Mm-hmm. So it really got that interest to come up in me because I also understood one thing there. We are all not the same. Yeah. You know, our cultures have shaped us, mm-hmm. our belief systems, how we react to certain people, to certain approaches, to certain language patterns. It's completely different. different. The same message needed to be articulated differently if the other person had to get it. 100%. That I found industries like hospitality exposed you to that a whole lot more than most of the other kinds of businesses. Then what made you change to, I would say, education and HR? What was the transitional moment? It happened by accident, actually. Yeah. You know why I'm telling you this? Because I meet a lot of entrepreneurs or even people who are like struggling and trying to ask me a question, say, which university should I choose? Which type of business? And I always say, choose something now because you most probably will pivot and go for something else. And with your experience, I would say you pivoted a lot. Yeah, it was clear I always wanted to be part of hospitality. So that's why I got in there. Mm. But then what ended up happening is I'm talking of the year 1995. 
a lot of fake US dollars were coming into the market yeah. and believe it or not they were coming from Egypt no way yeah 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 <laughs> that was a lot happening and working in hotels mm. i was working as the lobby manager yeah. at the Forte Grand Hotel yeah. we knew that a lot of this was coming in and these usually get pushed in the nightclubs yeah, and places true. where lighting is dim yeah. buzz the activity so people are not as sharp as a front desk cashier true. right so these were being pushed in there so at that time the CIA was conducting programs to help tourism related industries to understand how to detect counterfeit Ooh. dollars mm -hmm. so i got nominated from the hotel no to way. attend one such program the program fascinated me one the content of the program mm -hmm. itself was exciting yeah. how to detect a counterfeit dollar but i just learned so much when i came back to the hotel there used to be a training manager judith mm -hmm. ball so i told her listen this is a great concept to teach our people she said tell me what you learned and i started explaining to her so she looked at me and she said why don't you do it i said me stand in front of a group of people you're crazy no way i'm going to do that she said no the way you explained it was brilliant i'll help you we'll create the program do it and it took her a week to convince me mm -hmm. today you need less than 10 seconds to get me in front of a camera yeah <laughs> <laughs> true but i was just yeah. in one to do it i didn't sleep well that week but i did the program and truthfully if i had to rate myself on a scale of 1 to 10 i'd give myself a 2 but mm -hmm. then we can be harsh on ourselves yeah. a 2 but after the program the people who were attending they came to me and said the that feedback. was amazing i never knew these things you explained it so well and after they left i was stood there in that moment you know the feeling you got mm -hmm. it was almost like you saved someone's life and they came and mm -hmm. said doctor thank you that feeling I couldn't shake off. Wow. And that stayed with me for the whole weekend and I said this is what I should do. So again, uh come back the whole uh, circle what made someone happier, more confident, made what changed fulfilled. the value made me feel amazing. And that became the foundation of everything I do. And you pivoted in the education Completely and HR from there. from there. What can you contribute to this from your upbringing? because everything has rooted to your upbringing. Yeah, I would put it this way, mm. okay? To empower people. Mm. Yeah. See, a lot of people, I'm not saying that I was unique or that I had a difficult childhood. A lot of people have gone through mm. that, but not mm. every person is built the same on the inside. Mm. Some people collapse, yeah. you know, that they mm. go into suicides, they get into the wrong habits, they end up with the wrong practices. True. Luckily for me, I at that moment made a decision that come what may, I'm going to put my life on track. but like i said with the wrong intent yeah. to prove mm -hmm. i'm number one mm -hmm. but i realized that people are struggling look around you talk to anybody everyone is struggling out mm -hmm. there and they're looking for what to do so that they can move to that next level in life mm -hmm. so a lot of things that i did when i was young actually built that foundation for me for example learn to rely on yourself there's no one more amazing than yourself mm -hmm. on the planet you just forgotten to love who you are and see the potential that is there within you which i saw earlier because mm -hmm. i saw what i could do with my potential mm -hmm. so that helped me to point people in that direction look inward don't look outward we become creatures of circumstance rather than creatures of design so i start blaming mom and dad i blame the economy bad weather husbands wives bosses mm -hmm. that's the easiest thing to do but look inward Today I'm an adult. If I go out there and engage in something wrong, I can't blame mom and dad for that mm -hmm. anymore. I'm making the conscious decisions now to do those things. So it's easy to pass the buck to somebody else, but it needs to stop 
at yourself. So I realized that a lot of things that I did that worked well, once they were reshaped around a different ideology, that is what helped empower people. You know, I have two questions from this. Number one, what I see, whatever you see something, you go into it very deep and professionally. Absolutely. Which means a PhD, a master's, you're getting into the deep thing of it correctly. Though these days you see across the media that should I go to university, no need, you need entrepreneur, you can learn some skills. University is not important. What's your opinion on this? Okay, the answer is very yeah. simple. If, if universities were not important, that industry just wouldn't exist mm-hmm. today. There's something called foundational knowledge and then there is something called acquired knowledge, mm-hmm. okay? The foundational knowledge is what, I, to take terms on military, I call that your base camp, mm-hmm. okay? The base camp is where they teach you the basic skills that you need to know, you know, the starting from your education, itself, language, mm-hmm. mathematics, science, structure, all of that, you get all of that. However, there is boot camp required. So if you're in the military, I know I can bring you in, sit you behind a desk, very comfortable, three meals a day. You get all of that. Mm-hmm. And I teach you how to use a navigational system, how to load up your rifle, mm-hmm. fit it. I teach you all of that. But I already know as your general that you have no clue about what the real world is out it's there. Mm-hmm. And most academic systems don't prepare us well for mm-hmm. that. They, they don't. They'll mm-hmm. give you the base Foundation. camp. The base mm-hmm. camp. So what do they do in the military? I'll put you guys into a little helicopter, fly you across the desert or into the Amazon jungles, mm-hmm. and I dump you there with no radio kit for survival. And I tell you, you've got two days, find your way back to humanity. Mm-hmm. Now, sudden, and it's not just you coming back. There are a team of crack commandos in there who have been trained to fire the grenades over your yeah. head and do all of that. Now, suddenly, gone is your navigational skills. I have to look at the stars. Now, when I sleep, I sleep with my back resting against the back of Mm -hmm. another guy. Dependency, the trust is in each other. They never taught me that in base camp. Mm -hmm. So a very different set of skills, collaboration, cooperation, you know, willing to stand in for each other. That team work that comes in, what is important, you prioritize. You develop a very different set of skills. Base camp can never give that to you. Mm -hmm. That's boot camp. So you need to have both. Today, both. You, you have people with degrees, I mean, falling yeah. off the end of the mm. business card, but they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. They went base camp. Base camp is excellent. And I will always advocate base camp and a professional education mm. for people. But don't leave yourself to that. Mm. Because the harsh Grow reality yourself. is 90% of people are not even working in the discipline that they graduated. 100%, true. Mm. Because they suddenly discovered themselves. You know, what I would like is if the education, I know we have student counselors. What do the student counselors mm. do? They sit with you, they talk to you, they probably do your profile, yeah, uh, left brain, right, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And they tell you, we think this works best for you. I wish they would ask you questions like, so Saif, what are your goals in life? Mm. Where do you see yourself adding value to people on a larger con- scale? Uh, 10 years from now, if there was one place you would want to be, where would that place be? Why? Why that place? Why mm. not something? If they begin to see who you are as a person, I probably feel they might recommend something a completely different for yeah. you. Bear in mind, they have targets as well, right? True. <laughs> I need to fill up seats. <laughs> they need to fill. So you are a very strong advocate of personal development. 1,000%. And one of the interviews that I've seen, you've talked about the unconscious pattern that will affect your personal development. Can you tell us about this? Okay. We are all creatures of unconscious pattern. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? 
everything that we do is literally on autopilot mm -hmm. when you wake up in the morning you have a sequence a manner in which you will do things mm -hmm. before you come to work the sequence doesn't change every day you don't wake up thinking let me start my day mm -hmm. different today so we have a pattern our weekend is different yeah. but every weekend follows a pattern mm -hmm. True. so we have these patterns and in fact it's good because if i had to consciously think every moment of my day yeah. i'll go nuts so patterns are what we operate on. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about patterns is they are predictable. And these patterns are, how would I say, identifiable. So mm -hmm. I can actually read who you are from your pattern. So what is the pattern? The choice of words that you use when you speak. The manner in which you frame your sentences. Short sentences, long sentences. The kind of gestures that you will use when you speak. A thinking in a particular manner. All of these are unconscious patterns. Mm -hmm. Now, why this becomes powerful? In two ways. The first is my patterns can limit me or they can enhance me. Mm -hmm. And because my patterns are unconscious, I'm not even aware of my own patterns. So a lot of times people are very confused about why is it that I'm trying so much, but I'm not getting the kind of results I want. Because they do not understand the patterns that shape and drive them mm -hmm. in terms of how they think, communicate and act. Mm -hmm. They don't get that. So as a result, they can't pinpoint really the reason why things are not working out. Mm -hmm. So that's the downside of it. For example, when was the last time you actually sat down and evaluated how you think? Evaluate how you think? When was the wow. last time you sat down to think? How do I think? We've mm. never done that. Mm -hmm. Thinking is a pattern. It's unconscious. Mm -hmm. But thinking catalyzes how I'm going to feel about every opportunity, every person around me, the 50 degrees weather mm. out there. It creates a certain feeling in me. Now, the feeling cannot be of a different quality from your thinking. True. But that feeling then catalyzes my actions. 100%. And my actions mm. give me my results. So if I really want to change my results, I have to examine the quality of my thinking. Thinking and thoughts. Now, mm. thinking can be a pattern. No problem about that. As long as the quality of the thinking is good, then you have a good quality unconscious pattern. Mm -hmm. Now, in sales, in human engagement, every member in your team operates on pattern. Mm -hmm. And they do it unconsciously. Imagine if I could teach Sorry, you... Patterns are like more or less habits... Or it's a collection a of collection. habits. Mm -hmm. A collection of habits become our patterns. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not aware of your own pattern. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine as a manager mm -hmm. or a leader, I have this team of 10 people. Mm -hmm. If I can read their patterns, and it is easy to do it, 10 seconds, you'll get the pattern. If I can read the pattern, I am able to influence them the by easy. selecting the right choice of words, mm -hmm. the framing of my sentences correctly, so that the message that I want to give them goes in exactly the way they need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And they're not even aware you're doing it because it's unconscious. But it's actually an EQ uh, skill or Absolutely. not? Absolutely. It is EQ. Yeah. Today, EQ and SQ, social mm. intelligence, are the drivers. 92% of the reason a person excels at what they do today is social intelligence mm. and emotional intelligence. It was the reason why mm. till today we were ruling, but now you've got the artificial intelligence <laughs> that has shown up that is able to actually predict emotional patterns. Mm. So from a development, imagine a sales engagement. You're sitting with a client. How do you know if your client is driven by left brain or right brain? Oh, that's a very, that's the next question, actually. Okay. Yeah. So if you, for example, you're mm. left brain. I already know mm. that. So if you don't know if your client is left brain or right brain, what is your opening line? 
can I step back? Because when somebody tells me you are left brain, I already know that I have to. <laughs> so let's say, what's the difference between left and right brain for people to understand? And you identify me as a left brain. Let me give you a simple yeah. example, yeah. simple way, because probably we can't yeah. do this in this mm -hmm. podcast, but an easy way to look at it. And I'll give you an actual example of the difference mm -hmm. between the two. Left brain are thinkers. They are analytical, logical, fact-based, sequenced, structured, efficiency, effectiveness, outcome-driven people. It's not that they don't have emotions, mm. but emotions are not what they rely on. They rely on efficiency, systems, structure, predictable behaviors, mm. repeatable behaviors, controllable mm. behaviors is what they look at. All right. Think military. That is very, very left in, in the 10 minutes you identified me like that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. It's true. Okay. Now, the right brain, on the other hand, is more fluid, more subjective. It's emotional, inspirational, gut feel, collaboration, cooperative, willingness to work with each other, more listening, more patient. Mm -hmm. They judge things and people based on how they feel as a result of the conversations. Uh -huh. So now you've got the right brain subjective and fluid, the left brain rigid and objective. Uh, right brain vague, left brain specific. But here's the key. Mm -hmm. Right brain makes sense of what's happening yeah. by being vague. Mm -hmm. Now True. you imagine a person who's vague sitting in a conversation with a person who's specific. How are they going to get along? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they just cannot get to True. each other. And when they do not understand left and right brain, in my head is who hired this guy? How mm -hmm. can I even get anything done with him? Let's take a simple example. Mm -hmm. You're a manager, you're sitting in your office and one of your team members wants to discuss with you. Now, a right brain person would walk up to you and you're a left brain manager. Mm -hmm. The right brain would open the door and say, you have some time, there are a few things I'd like to discuss. Now, in his head, he's comfortable with what he said. Mm -hmm. But to the left brain person, they don't make sense. How much time? Mm -hmm. How many things? What are the points? Mm -hmm. So for them to understand what you're saying they will bring specifics into it because i don't get do you have some time it, mm -hmm. my mind doesn't process that so True. chances are if i've used that approach in his head since i can't get what you were asking for you know what i'm busy now let's talk later so if i understand that the person i'm going to meet is specific i'll simply walk in and say hi so you got five minutes there's two things i need to discuss then you click. There's a very high probability he'll say, okay, mm -hmm. sit. Have a seat, yeah. Because he feels he's in control. I know it's five minutes and I know it's two things. So simply mm -hmm. by reading the pattern and by switching your choice of words, you get better outcomes with people. But this is very interesting. Is it, is it fast to read this? Is ten this seconds. Ten seconds to? Ten seconds. Ten in se ten seconds, I can tell you anybody on the planet. By questions or by the body language? Multiple things. Yeah. The tone of their voice. Okay, the shortness of the sentences, the quickness of how they speak, the pace, the specificity in the words they use, the body language that follows it, the mm -hmm. colors that you wear, mm -hmm. the gestures, the eye contact, all of these are dead giveaways. So in 10 seconds, you... 10 seconds. For example, you're calling someone for the first time and said, hello, I know that's a front brain dominant. That's front ah. and back brain as well. Mm -hmm. So immediately I know it's front brain. So what do I need to do to get this person's attention? I mirror match. I said, good morning. But if mm. I was a soft-spoken person and they said, yes, or hello, I said, good morning, my name is, there's no way that call is going to go in my favor. He's going to sit on my head. 100%. Mm -hmm. People buy from people they like, mm -hmm. but people like people like themselves. True. So unconsciously, without saying it, I'm communicating to you, I'm a lot like you. When you mirror and match, 
Maybe just another yeah. example. And then if you want me to elaborate more, I'll do it. Let's say I'm in sales, mm -hmm. right? I've presented this solution, property, private jet, I don't know, camera. Mm -hmm. uh, now I want to know some feedback. How are they resonating with the product? If I'm a right brain person, I'm feeling based. Okay, so mm -hmm. chances are I will frame my question and I would say something like, Saif, how do you feel about mm. this opportunity? But Saif is left brain. What do you mean feel? I wasn't mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. I was thinking. So there's a jar. It disconnects. And how was I feeling? So I've made that mistake. So what I would do if I recognize this left brain person, I say, so Saif, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I will get a better answer. Also, remember, left brain is rigid, direct. Mm. So I might not even use the name. I would say, so what do you think? That's mm -hmm. all I need to do. Got if I'm forward. a right brain, my brain screams, no, you can't speak to people like that because your unconscious pattern is But there. this does this mean when somebody comes tell me, say, how do you feel today? I hate this right question. Brain. I hate this question. 100%. That's a right brain person uh, talking to a left brain person. I hate. How do you feel? What do you mean? Okay. So uh, you see, even the way you talk, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. I hate this question. Uh -huh. Strong, abrupt, mm -hmm. to the point, military. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. Left brain. Yeah. Makes very good sense. I love that. Dr. Anand, we were talking about the left and the right brain. So you identify me as a left brain and it's 100% correct. How as a person in my position to lead a team which will be a mix of left and right? Do I need to train them or I need to train myself? Uh, I think you need to train yourself. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I have whole brain in my head. Whole brain is a combination of left, right, front and back. I mean, divine creation. Mm -hmm put that inside my head not to increase my body mass. Mm -hmm. It was there for a reason. So most of us by default, because of the patterns that have formed in us, could be our upbringing, the type of careers we've had, the people who had impact on our life, mm -hmm. they have unconsciously shaped us into using one side of the head more than the other. A baby has no problem mm -hmm. roaming anywhere in their brain. They can say anything, talk to anybody, do anything. We limit them because we teach them the way we believe is correct for them. Mm -hmm. According to who? Mm -hmm. According to you. But then you can't be blamed because you were shaped that way by someone else or a system. Mm -hmm. And they were shaped by the others. So we only see the world based on how we are shaped. So what do I do? In my universe, based on how I have experienced life, I think the best way for you to grow up, little fellow, is this way. Mm -hmm. So I actually limit my child... To, this, to half yeah. of his brain. And then after that, when this little kid goes to school, any subjects that are very right-brained subjects, I don't like anymore. Mm -hmm. And we come home and say, I don't like that teacher. It had nothing to do with the teacher. Uh. Mom, dad, you made me this way. You didn't even take my permission, but you did this to me. And then I like, on the contrary, I grew up in a home where people were largely uh, right-brained. Mm. My right brain was amazing. I hated math. I hated calculus. I hated language because these are all about structures and sequences. Mm -hmm, true. I loved the free flowing and the fluid. But again, not effective because I'm only using half. So as a manager in mm. a team, I will have different people depending on the nature of their function. Rules. So for example, if I have a marketing team, videographers <clears throat> would be on the creative mm -hmm. side. Content writers could be both whole brain because they need to have imagination, mm -hmm. but they need to have certain structure. A web designer would mm -hmm. probably be leaning more on the left brain because of the programming that True. needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So I need to understand who's the person in front of me. And I need to have the ability to switch in my head when I'm talking to each person in my team. So as a manager, I'm expected to have that higher emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and social intelligence. That's why I'm the manager. 
I don't expect it from them. That's why some people can say like, okay, say if you're aggressive, these are the right people talking to me, while the left people say like, it's, this is normal. Yep, I exactly. So as a manager, all round. So whole brain is how every human actually should be. Okay, let's move a little bit to, you identified in also another interview, because that's an, an important thing. The drive, hunger versus the knowledge. Can you elaborate on this? Okay. Yeah, okay. See, knowledge is temporary. Mm -hmm. Drive is going to be long-term. Uh, knowledge can be acquired by anybody at any point in time. I can teach you knowledge. I can't teach you hunger mm -hmm. or drive. That is intrinsic. It comes from within. And you know, when you decide you want to do something in life, set up a company, work in a particular kind of industry, and let's say the markets fall down on you. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is going to keep you in it? Mm -hmm. Okay, knowledge and skill don't wake you up in the morning, but it is hunger and drive that will wake you up. True. That's what mm -hmm. I need. I need the hunger. Otherwise, tomorrow, some other industry will start looking attractive and I'm gone. Mm -hmm. But I True. need that hunger. I need to be able to identify myself. Why is this that will define who mm -hmm. I am? It is the hunger that sets apart the people who achieve the things in life. So hunger so is hunger. the power of why within a person. Absolutely. And it can be ignited. It can be ignited and it's the only reason you should wake up. You wake up hungry, mm -hmm. not satisfied. Let me give an example. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's say you've had lunch. Okay, you're very satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I come and bring you this burger. Mm -hmm. You don't want to eat, right? True. Why? Oh. Because you're comfortable. You're not hungry. Mm -hmm. Now let's change the scenario. You've been very busy at work on a particular day. It's past your lunchtime. You still have to deliver something. It's two hours past your lunchtime. Okay, and you really want to have something to eat. So you're in that mall. You finished your meeting. You go to a McDonald's. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, there's two people in front of you. Right. But it will seem like forever. Why? Because yeah. you're not comfortable anymore. You're hungry. And the smell that's coming out of the kitchen. True. That Big Mac is the most beautiful looking thing on the mm -hmm. planet, isn't it? True. But after you've gone through uh, three parts of your meal and that little burger is left yeah. on the side, it's not so exciting anymore. Yeah. You were ready to kill for that burger 15 minutes ago. Correct. Okay. Because you're hungry. When you're hungry, you'll do anything you need to do to get it. Mm -hmm. Always hire hungry people. A question. How to ignite hunger in people for in the team let's say it's like to work with them on one-on-one -on -one basis to understand their why and make it visible to them or how because if they're hungry of course the whole organization will move forward yeah you can't ignite hunger you can't you can't ignite hunger okay hunger is an intrinsic value mm -hmm. i'm telling you if i bring a burger and give it to you when you're com comfortable you don't want to eat it mm -hmm. when you're hungry you'll go and find the burger hire hungry people Entrepreneurs are hungry. Mm -hmm. Don't hire employees, hire entrepreneurs. What is the difference between the two? The employee comes in and says, my desk is not ready. My business card has not been mm -hmm. uh, printed. My phone hasn't been given to me. My training has not been done. They make excuses. True. But the entrepreneur comes in, he knocks on your door and says, who do I talk to to get my business card? Mm -hmm. They're taking responsibility for it. You can have excellence or you can have excuses, mm -hmm. but you can't have both. True. You can have reasons or you can have results, but you can't have both. Now, if excellence is what you want, then everything else is a story. Yeah. Hire for hunger, train for, for skill skills. and knowledge. Let's move a little bit to a visionary mindset. And I think you've talked about it with uh, your Damak experience. 
Can you say what does it mean having a visionary mindset and how did it affect the Mac? Okay. If I had to look at the real estate company, and I work with literally everybody oh. here, the most visionary of leaders that I met mm -hmm. was Hussein Sajwani. Mm -hmm. Okay. In fact, when he actually entered real estate, nobody respected him or even believed that he's going to get to where he is. Mm. It was his vision. You had the big boys, the big government developers. Mm. They were the giants of the day. And rightly so, because they were set up to create the real estate carpets or infrastructure in Dubai. You get this Iranian guy mm. who's a catering contract person who comes in and he's now going to put a building in Dubai Marina. Mm-hmm. Sure. And no one respected him for who he is. And I'm glad they did not do it because Hussein grew in that silence. Mm -hmm. He grew and today he makes everybody run. Yesterday, Damak Casa sold one billion in three hours. One billion in three hours. This is the man they ignored. And he always says it. He said, my greatest fear is someday someone will show up. We will not respect him enough. And he's going to make all of us run. Mm -hmm. So that's one side of being visionary where you come in and you are not afraid of the people around you. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog that matters. Mm -hmm. Secondly, to be really visionary is not to be one step or two steps ahead of your competition. That is just being developmental. Mm -hmm. Visionaries, you are 10 steps ahead when people look at you and say, what the hell is he trying to do? They don't get it. That's when you're a true visionary. And this is an example is quite popular. Yeah. I used, use it everywhere. You see, many years ago, a young man sat in a garage and he was looking at a tin box, literally a tin box. That man built the biggest company in the history of the world, Apple. Mm -hmm. When Steve Jobs sat in that garage, no one respected him. Bill Gates refused mm -hmm. to meet with him. True. IBM said, don't mm -hmm. let this guy inside our doors. True. Now, he had that vision. He was so visionary, but he knew the only way he could achieve it is if he found someone who could execute such grand vision. Mm -hmm. So what does he do? He goes to a business conference and the third most powerful business leader in the world is there, John Scully, the mm -hmm. CEO of yeah, Pepsi. Yeah. And he walks up to him. This guy who has quit college, sitting in a garage, mm -hmm. walks up to the third most powerful business leader in the world and tells him, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Steve was the vision. Scully was the execution. Mm -hmm. Between the two of them, they built the biggest company in the history of mankind. True. That's it. Look at Sheikh Mohammed. Mm -hmm. 25 years ago, when he talked about his vision for Dubai and said, where we will be, nobody respected yeah. him. But we look believe. at where we are mm. today. The Economist survey, which came out on the 13th of June, the top 10 power cities in the world, Dubai is number three. We are ahead of London, Tokyo, New York, Paris, San Francisco, Sydney, Johannesburg, mm -hmm. ahead of all of them. But look at London. It's a 2,000-year-old city. New York is 480 years old. True. Paris is 1,800 years old. Dubai is 27 years old. A 27-year-old city has flattened all of them. And the sky is the limit. In fact, for us, the sky is not the mm -hmm. limit. That was the vision. That is the vision we're talking of here. Look at China. 17 years True. ago, if the world mm -hmm. had paid attention to China, we would have had a very different world today. Yeah. Today, China dictates the world. People can say whatever they want. True. That is being visionary. Hussein was like that. Hussein always knew he would be as good as, if not better than the big boys and giants. He wasn't complete. From day one. From day one.
October 2002 is when they opened. January of 2006, about three years yeah. later, I was with them. I launched Four Towers. Mm. Yeah, I saw this man's vision. He would actually sit us down and he'd say, where do you see Damak in five years? Where do you see Damak in five years? Where do you see Damak in five years? And he would say, I see myself as good as or bigger than the Imars and the Nakheels. Mm. I see myself as good as them, if not better. Now, he's not competing on size and legal entities. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is villa for villa, apartment for apartment. I will give you as good as them, if not better. Even today, if you look at the market, the designs, the iconic concepts, it is Damak that blows the brains away. Uh-huh, true. Always. Mm -hmm. That is him. And he knew, he still says it at mm. every award function. It is my people who have made me who I am. Mm -hmm. Because he only surrounded himself by visionary people. True. People who would get what he's looking for. You see, everybody wants to ride with you when you're in the limo. Mm -hmm. What we are True. looking for is people who will take the bus with us when the limo breaks down. Mm -hmm. Hussein is that kind of guy. I love that. If What made you change or touch or enter or become a guru in sales? Why? <laughs> I don't think, I think that is a label that people gave me, mm -hmm. being the guru, okay? I have, I actually put a post on it some time ago. I said, when the teacher stops learning, he must stop teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. So I don't know. Guru, uh, people call this, some call me the OG. And the, mm. okay, those are all labels. That's fine. I appreciate the fact that they see me as something like that. But we're scratching the surface in any field of knowledge today. We are only scratching the surface. We're not smarter than anybody else. It's just that we have dedicated ourselves. We love what we do. Mm. So we are curious, intensely curious all the time. We're always learning, wanting to know more. What made me get to that point was I, I realized that the, the type of companies that we had, particularly in this industry, were running after the money. Mm -hmm. They weren't willing to put their money into training their own people. Oh, Most okay. of them are not. Mm -hmm. Why? Because sales has got a very high attrition rate. Mm -hmm. Why am I training someone to go and sell for somebody else? That's where you have a small mind. Okay, okay, he's going to go and work in another company. So what? You train him still. Mm -hmm. We train people not because I think you're going to go and work with somebody. I train you because when you represent me, I want you to be the absolute the best. best at what you do. Mm -hmm. I work with a company now called MA Properties. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm mentioning them is Abdurrahman, who is mm -hmm. the chairman. Absolute visionary. Absolute visionary. Today, we put two videos up every single week called MA Ambassadors. Uh -huh. USP, the ultimate sales professional. Mm -hmm. Now, what are we doing? We live today in a city that is number one in terms of yields in mm -hmm. real estate. One of the top three real estate investment destinations. Mm -hmm. And we are living in a city that is in the top 10, number sure. three in the list of power cities. I cannot accept that buyers and sellers in our city will have a very average experience. You're coming to one of the best markets in one of the best cities in the world. My goal is everyone must have a real estate, a red carpet real estate experience. Mm -hmm. So I will train everybody in the market. I'm not looking for a single dollar for this. That's why we put these up for free every week. Mm -hmm. Agencies have called and said, why are you doing this? Don't you know that our people are using these skills and closing deals for us? I said, I know they're oh, doing yeah, it, yeah. but I'm giving it to you anyway. Because we are ambassadors for our industry. I know you may be a 15-year-old, 17-year-old company and you're putting money in your people. That's business. Mm -hmm. I even had one person who uh, sent in a message saying, 
why are you sharing all these techniques? And she said, I will never share my closing techniques. My answer was simple. That's why you will never be ambassador. True. True. That's it. That's why you're selfish. But look at the best in the world. Mm-hmm. They had a certain time when they invested in themselves. Today, they are all giving back. Yeah, true. They're all true giving free. back. Mm-hmm. Are you suggesting that you know more than no. those people, the top 1% of the planet? They're all giving back. They're teaching, they're coaching, they're speaking. They're going to graduations in universities. Mm-hmm. Why? People are at, a, at the launch pad of their careers. Let's get them thinking correct. True. That's what we do. That's why we see, call ourselves ambassadors. Since we talked about two things, the sales and the real estate, In sales, what will be your best advice for any salesperson? Okay, there is the new people and then there is the existing people. Mm-hmm. If you're a new salespeople, the number one advice I would give you is be very careful who you listen to. Mm-hmm. New people who come in are highly absorbent. Mm-hmm. They don't have the maturity in the industry to know if the person they are listening to is the right yeah. person to give them the advice. So you will end up hearing a lot of things and the other person's perception an average person's perception now becomes your reality. Mm-hmm. And how you think is going to shape everything you're going to do in the real estate. So please be very careful who you are listening to. First advice. Mm-hmm. Second advice, anyone who's talking to you, just check their closing numbers. Mm-hmm. If they're not on the leaderboard, you really want to listen to this person? Don't waste your time. He has lost his dream. He doesn't even know why he wakes up anymore. Mm-hmm. He wakes up only for one reason, to destroy your dreams. Don't give him headspace. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. If you're an existing salesperson, my advice to you would be stop selling. Mm-hmm. Help people to buy. There's a big difference in the two. When you're trying to sell, you're thinking about yourself. Uh-huh. When you're helping people buy, you're thinking about them. And the best advice I could give mm-hmm. a sales... This is what I do. This mm-hmm. is why I close my mm-hmm. deals. Let's say you have someone coming and slightly elderly person coming. Think you're selling mom and dad. Think mom and mm. dad have come and said, son, I just got this little money. One of my fixed mm. deposits are matured. I don't have the money like the big players. I want to put now so I can make some money for our retirement. Help me find a good opportunity. Mm. How would you sell? A lovely perspective. Mm-hmm. You will definitely sell different. Just do that with every client. Mm. Now, you don't have to tell the client, say, if you remind me of my dad, <laughs> that is stupid, right? Just have the intent. People will get the intent. Mm. If it's a slightly younger person, think of him as a brother. Think of him as that best friend. You guys are always chatting. Every time you get on a plane and go home, you hang out with him at least once. And he tells you, listen, I've got some money. I'm coming. Help me to invest. You will definitely be doing it in a different way. Just do sure. that. I love that. Just do that. S- help, not sell. Absolutely. I love that. Since we touched upon real estate, a lot of, I would say, young entrepreneurs, they're looking to enter the real estate market and they think it's flashy, it's everything is good, but the competition is very hard. So what will you tell them? Do, should they open an agency? And Because a lot of people I get these questions. Real estate, real estate, real estate. We look at everything. What do you think? Okay. You see, honey attracts flies. True. All right. So everybody sniffs the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and they want a piece of that pie. Mm-hmm. That pie is there for everybody. But if you're going to come in, you need to understand without investing or sowing, don't even think of reaping. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to be able to invest. So you've got to understand why are you in real estate in the first place? Is it to make money? You can make money selling boats. Mm-hmm. Look at Barakat. The mm-hmm. guy makes his billions selling fruits and vegetables to hotels. The guy sells pineapples to hotels mm-hmm. and he's making his money. Why are you selling real estate? 
they are not even clear why they have got into the business in the first place. It's just the money. Mm -hmm. So that's why you need to be absolutely clear. Your vision needs to be really, really clear. Secondly, you mentioned that there is a lot of competition. I actually disagree. Mm -hmm. Okay. The people who know what they are doing, the people who have built solid systems, the people who really take care of their clients and give that red carpet experience, they have no competition. Mm -hmm. They are the people whom the market is looking for. Every person you sold a home has become your ambassador out there. The competition is between the Mickey Mouses who have come into the industry, Mm -hmm. each one scratching at each other to steal that piece of the pie. The pie Mm -hmm. is so big. There is more than enough for every one of us. Don't look at the pie, look inwards. What is the value you bring to the table today? So my advice to them would be, firstly, understand the dynamics of the market and you want to be here long haul, Mm -hmm. right? Can you read the market and the trends going forward? I have owners of agencies who ask me, Doc, what do you think is going to happen in two years? Mm -hmm. And I look at the person and I said, you're an owner of a company Mm -hmm. that's been here 12 years. How come you're asking me this question? So I mean, they just are not in that position to understand that. So if you're new, it is very easy for the glitz and the glamour to sure. you know, attract you. But think why you're in this in the first place. Second, recruit only people who will align with that vision of yours. Uh-huh. The world is throwing their money at Dubai today. If you're not selling in today's market, please, you need to leave this exactly. industry. What? A question out of my head. Why do you love real estate so much? Okay. Again, a great yeah. question. Why do I love real estate? Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about homes and when people buy homes. For a long time, I didn't have a home of my own. And when mm-hmm. I looked at people who had the ability to just pick up a home, I always was thinking of that moment when I can buy my own home. Mm-hmm. Okay. The feeling that that gave to me was absolutely amazing. Secondly, the reason I love real estate is you cannot separate real estate from the economic agenda of any city or country. Mm-hmm. If you ta- Let's just take Dubai as an example. Sheikh Mohammed has got this aggressive D33 agenda yeah. to double the economy in 10 years time. If you have to double the economy and become the best city in the world, you need commercial infrastructure, mm-hmm. you need residential infrastructure. Towers, communities, you need malls, you need retail, you need hotels, hospitality, parks, beaches, entertainment. You cannot develop an economic agenda that does not have a support and a proportionate parallel growth in real estate. If we want to, we are in an industry that supports the agenda of the ruler. Mm -hmm. True. So the way he is passionate about his agenda, we need to be passionate about real estate. Mm. Because if we are in real estate, but not passionate, the two are going to pull away. And that cannot Mm. be allowed to happen. So as visionaries, as ambassadors for the city, this is what I believe about every person. You live in Dubai, be an ambassador for your city. Mm-hmm. Don't just come to the city to take the benefit. Be an ambassador for the ruler. I loved what you told me before the podcast. If you're not happy, you need to leave. Yeah, 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 absolutely. If you're not happy, there's no gun to your head to be mm-hmm. here. Yeah, we want you to be here. We want you to be an ambassador. When you go home on vacation, okay, be an ambassador for Dubai where you go. You might be just, I don't know, not even mm-hmm. home. You're staying in a hotel. Be an ambassador. That is what this city is looking for. Mm-hmm. People who align with it. You know, I always tell people this. You take a blood sample from here, uh-huh. you put it on a slide and stare down the tube, you won't see blood cells. You'll see the word Dubai. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
that has to be in you when you speak about the city your eyes have to light up mm-hmm. okay because you're talking about one of the best cities in the world in 27 years we have shown the world who we are today mm-hmm. okay you can never forget that you can't come to that city to take from it and not give true to it. true doctor before we go a little bit into entrepreneurship when which we talked about i want to ask about a particular thing called performance driven culture it's it's a term used widely but what is performance driven culture from your standpoint okay uh, when you talk about culture it is something that must apply across the board to everybody mm-hmm. the ceo is not exempt from it mm-hmm. the receptionist is not exempt if they are it is not culture yeah. okay when you talk of arab culture all arabs are included in it mm-hmm. so culture firstly is universal in your company mm-hmm. that's what i mean mm-hmm. it has to be for everybody second thing is when you say performance is the culture that needs to be demonstrated in every part of your business structure performance is not just hitting the results how are you performance driven in your recruitment mm-hmm. so for example how do you evaluate performance driven culture in your applicants mm-hmm. what do you exactly do mm-hmm. you look for in there in everything that you do within the company performance must become key you recruit for performance you train only for performance you manage for performance you reward for performance you promote for performance and at the end of the day when you are going to i don't know diversify grow entrepreneurs mm. within everything is performance driven you coach you measure and you evaluate performance mm-hmm. but performance has to be clearly defined oh, yeah. if i don't define what is performance everybody is not going to speak the same language mm-hmm. See, a ceo is result driven left brain people especially challengers are very high on performance you don't even have to define it for mm-hmm. them they are anyway result driven people but then you got right brain people yeah they're about relationships mm-hmm. they have these great coffee table talks they go for a break they disappear for four hours you got to mm-hmm. call the police to find mm-hmm. them true yeah mm-hmm. but they're having a blast in those mm-hmm. conversations they do not and they are people culture mm-hmm. the right brain are people the left brain is performance Fine. so how do you get people culture to perform Mm-hmm. that is the challenge that we True. have here so we need to firstly articulate it. most companies say who say we have a performance driven culture ask them what does that mean yeah but this yeah that's why that's a lot of people throwing it around but nobody knows exactly what does it, uh, that mean second question does it reflect in your vision statement mm-hmm. in your mission statement if it doesn't then why is it even there in your company mm-hmm. to most people here especially ceos board members There's only one performance they understand cash yeah mm-hmm. cash that's it at the expense of people also that is not mm-hmm. a performance driven culture mm-hmm. true because anything in your company that doesn't reflect the vision needs to be thrown out or you throw the vision out mm-hmm. you can have only one and we're living in dubai and everything is about vision actually and achieving the vision absolutely you know we are about vision and execution this is key mm-hmm. a lot of people can have vision but vision without execution is useless Dubai is about vision and execution. You know if you go to the frame, the Dubai frame, mm-hmm. there is this video about the future of Dubai and the show Sheikh Zayed Road and you have these flying yeah, cars so, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Few years ago, some of my friends had gone there. They said this is not going to happen. This is Star Wars. This is 50 years from now. 2026 flying taxis are in yeah. Dubai. Already been announced by Sheikh Mohammed, the infrastructure is being put in place. So it turns out what you saw there is happening. you blink and open your eyes there's a flying taxi in front of you 
True. That is the execution. Mm-hmm. This is where Dubai excelled over the Versus. other cities. Absolutely. I love that. Dr. Anand, um, we talked about entrepreneurship. What do you think is the key skills for entrepreneurs to develop? Because you know the word entrepreneur now is too much used. So from your standpoint. Okay, the, I think the first skill that they have to develop is value addition. How are you going to make a difference in the in the business place? Take for example, real estate. You know, three thousand agencies. How are you different from the rest of them? So how are you going to make a difference so that you can find and that becomes your niche? When you had over like a thousand airlines in the world, how did an Emirates airline get to where it is? Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to find that vision that's going to set you apart. You have to solve problems for people, okay? You have to open doors of opportunity for people. You have to be larger than the space that you occupy mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. your industry. You see, you have to understand this. If you are really good at what you do, but if you're not larger than the space you occupy, there is no growth. Can you elaborate on this? Okay, I'll mm-hmm. elaborate it. Mm-hmm. I'll take it as an example from an entrepreneur from yeah. and an employee. Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies to the world and a company. Mm-hmm. Let's say you are really, really good at what you do. You're excellent at what you do. You will not rise in mm-hmm. life. Now, we've been taught the other way around. Mm-hmm. If you're really good at what you do and you excellent, will you will rise. No, you will not. Because, because if you are excellent at what, what you do and you're filling that space excellently, mm-hmm. I will keep you there. True. Because you are filling it excellently. Correctly. You see, if I move you out of that space, I lose. Mm-hmm. However, if you are excellent at what you do, but you are larger than the space you are occupying, I lose keeping you there. Mm-hmm. I will grow the space to take you to the next, next level. level. So, specific example. Mm-hmm. There is a task that the manager has to do. Manager is not around and it could be an issue. And you approach someone to do it. He said, why should I do it? That's not my job. Mm-hmm. When I'm manager, I'll do it. You'll never be manager mm-hmm. because you are smaller than what the requirement is. However, you think like a manager, you work like a manager, even when you're not a manager. I will make you manager. True. Because you are larger than the space you occupy. Now, in every industry, there will be a company that will show up, which will be larger than the space it occupies. That will become the industry-defining standard. Mm-hmm. That will be the company that will move things forward. So as an entrepreneur, I would like you to come up with your idea. Okay, whatever happens, you never let go of the idea. But ask yourself, how do you plan to be larger than the space you will occupy with that idea? Mm-hmm. When you do that, the world comes looking for you because you're larger than the space you occupy. You cannot be contained. Evolution and growth is natural. It has to happen. Secondly, stick with it. Stick with your idea. Many, the reason why 95 to 96% of new businesses collapse is that the idea sparked an interest, Mm -hmm. but they never thought it through where if things would not work out the way I wanted, what do we do? I hear people sometimes tell me, okay, what's your exit strategy? Mm -hmm. I said, my goodness, this business is failing. Mm -hmm. True. Because you're getting into it thinking, how the hell do I get out? Putting yourself in the mindset of exiting. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what is in here is what is going to show up here. You know, there is this uh, uh, Cortez, his name was uh, Emilio Cortez. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong on the Mm -hmm. name. Spanish guy. Okay. He was going to take Mexico. Mm -hmm. And he he had this bunch of soldiers with him and 50 ships. Mm -hmm. 
and he took them and went to the shores of Mexico and they had to take Mexico hostile land hostile natives never ever been there in their life and he knew that for his people they were tired it was a long journey they were not even sure of what they were going to see mm-hmm. so he knew that as long as the ships were behind him they will always look at the exit so he ordered the ships to be burnt and he made the people look at the ships burning Na- immediately no in that moment they switched and they aligned with him forward was the only option mm-hmm. there was no way out from that when you have an exit strategy there is no way you can be larger than the space here mexico was taken because the ships were burnt, burnt. Mm, that's why it comes this burn your boats burn your yeah. boats it comes from the same story yeah, i love that what was your biggest mistake that you've learned from okay um there were many mm. <laughs> there were many uh it, it's feedback not so much failure yeah. but i don't even think it should be feedback feedback doesn't is not proactive feed forward is proactive mm-hmm. feedback is looking back at what you did and say boss you did 1 2 3 4 wrong okay tell me what i should do better mm-hmm. so for me failure is feed forward not feedback okay okay mm-hmm. that's the first thing so for me i would say one major mistake i made was when i did i had a wrong selection of a partner mm-hmm. for my business i believed the person aligned with my vision i believed that mm-hmm. at that moment and that they would get it and that we would be there as anchors to each other to move this forward but i did not read the person well enough mm-hmm. it was only the money it was need versus greed yeah. mm-hmm. i had a need for making this happen he had the greed for what would come as a result of mm-hmm. it and greed will always compromise values ethics morals True. out of the window True. so for me that was a really bad mistake i did not carefully select the person it was almost like taking my baby and mm-hmm. giving it into the hands of a stranger True. so i learned my lesson from mm-hmm. that after that it was a major major lesson for me dr and two questions now what is if somebody 100% after watching the episode would be extremely inspired and they want to get in touch with you be coached be mentored how they can reach out okay you can share my number my email address my instagram yeah. because most of the people reach out i've had three companies contact me from yesterday till today already <laughs> just three mm. but i have to also be honest with people if you're looking for individual mentoring and things i can't do it is, i just yeah. don't have the time and i'm not the kind of person where mm. i'll say yes to you now and later i'll start making excuses and not show up mm-hmm. i'd rather not do that it's better you find someone mm-hmm. else however there are certain platforms like dealters really.io mm-hmm. uh anthony's podcast mm-hmm. with me there are a few people yeah. like that where you can learn and you can just join in those with those uh, podcasts mm-hmm. those shows and there's an opportunity for you to learn you can always reach out to me i can pick up the phone give you a sense of direction mm-hmm. if you got a particular i have this particular client the client has not been responding to me how do i get him mm-hmm. to start talking i'll give you a technique i said use this go and make your money or how do i pick up this kind of where do you get this information the statistics on dubai's performance which reports do you look at i'll tell you look at this report look i can do that but it's really really hard for me to give time true, true. having said that it's not that i say no to everyone there are a few i will hand pick because i want to see the fire in depends them depends on the hunger absolutely i am not putting my time in someone mm. 
who doesn't have that hunger. One example, I was recruiting or helping to recruit for a big developer. Mm -hmm. This was a few years ago. And I had this Chinese uh, lady who had to be brought in as a salesperson. Okay, her name was Hannah. Mm -hmm. We call her Hannah. Mm -hmm. So when I met this lady, okay, and I, in, the, in the interview, I said, okay, tell me why you want to join real estate. Mm -hmm. What's the reason you're looking at it? She said, where I come from in China, my parents have been living for 45 years in a rented home. They're mm. old now. I want to buy a home for them so that for the last few years, I want them to live in the their home. own house. So I took my phone, opened up Google to the city, the mm -hmm. town where she comes from, put the phone on the table and said, show me where you want the home. She said, now? I said, yes, show me the, where you want the home. So she said, here, this place. I said, okay, there's a room. Sit down for half an hour. No one will disturb you. I want you to find three homes in half an hour and come back. Now, she went. What do you think is happening here yeah. when she's looking at the homes? There's a fire yeah. starting. She finds the three homes and comes and sits down. And I said, now, Hannah, okay, if you will do exactly what I tell you, if you'll do exactly what I tell you, okay, in nine months' time, I'll get you this home. Now, long story short, mm -hmm. did we get it in nine months? No, we got it in 11 months. You think she's complaining? Wow. That's what I look for. The hunger, the fire. If I can find that fire and you're ready to do exactly what I tell you to do, I'll get it for you. What would be the last message you want to leave the audience with? Okay, the last message that I would like to leave, actually it's two. Mm. One, okay, I would like, okay, let me give it two. Yeah. The first thing I want you to do when you go home today, whoever you are, wherever you are, I want you to stand in front of the mirror for five minutes. Switch off your, actually I'll give you two, three things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, switch off your phones. I don't care who's calling you. If it's a client and it's a million dollar home, you'll make many such homes. Mm -hmm. Close, switch off your phone for five minutes, close your door so you're not interrupted. If you're living with someone, please tell them mm -hmm. that I'm doing an exercise because when people go home, close their doors yeah. and the phone is switched off you'll have problems, yeah, okay? True. So you just tell them I'm doing yeah. an exercise. Now stand in front of the mirror and just look at the person from the top of your head, right down to your toes. Don't change your clothes and put on makeup when you go home, mm. as you are. Just go home for five minutes, don't say a word. See, five minutes is a long time when you're not speaking, okay? Just look at this person. The person will talk to you. That person has been with you 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life. You never paid attention really to that person. Waking up in the morning, doing some cosmetic and coming to work is not looking at yourself. You, you're doing that so others look at you. We spend all our lives looking at others. We don't even know what we look like. For 50 years, that person has been with you. For once in your life, five minutes, just look at that person. And then I want to ask you to ask that yourself two, three questions. One, how much... Do you really love that person? How much? Five minutes. Just look at the person. Say, that person who's looking back at you. How much do you really love that person? Second, how happy are you with that person? Third, how excited are you about that person? Because I'll tell you this one thing. Mm -hmm. If you're not excited with what you see, why would anybody be excited about you? That is what your client has to see. Mm -hmm. That is what your kids have to look up to when they're growing up. That's what your husband or wife has to live with. That's what your friends have to hang out with. That's what your colleagues spend eight hours with. 
And if you are not excited about who you are, why would anybody be excited about you? Self-worth, kind of, right? That's one thing I want you to do. The second thing that five I... Five minutes. Okay. Five minutes on the Just mirror, yeah. five minutes. It'll feel like 30. Mm. Promise me. Mm. I mean, I promise you. Yeah. Okay. Second thing that I'd like you to do is go out and make it your mission to make a difference to at least one person in your life. Just one person. Okay. Make that difference. Change the world one person at a time. It doesn't cost much. We all know people who don't have jobs today. We all know people who are struggling. Okay. Just this weekend, walk into a supermarket, take out 50 dirhams, buy provisions. Just walk up to whoever that person say, listen, this is for you. That's it. You'll go and spend 400 dirhams in a bar yeah. and flush it down the toilet. True. But you will not help someone who's not eating. They sit there and they look at people. They know their lunch boxes are empty. They don't even want to bring it up. They'll go out for an hour, sit somewhere and play with their phone and they'll come back. And you just ate for lunch. True. Be larger than the space you occupy. This is really, really important. People are hurting all around you. You don't even have to go far and look. There's one more thing I'll give you yeah, to do. Sure. One more thing. This is really powerful. And I promise you, you will struggle doing this. Mm -hmm. I promise you this. Okay. Whoever you are. I always get hit like a boom. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. But then when the moment that happens, I already know how weak you are. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want you to do. When you go home today, I want you to pick up the phone. Okay, that's everybody who's watching. Mm -hmm. I want you to call mom and dad if they're alive, of mm -hmm. course. And I just want you to say this. Mom, dad, I know in life I have said and done many things to hurt you. I just want to tell you today that I'm sorry for all those things and I love you very much. And then you shut up. Wow. Okay. Wow. You have to do this. Can you say why? And I'll tell yeah. you why. Okay, now the first thing that normally happens is I get like a reaction from people. Yeah. My mom will start crying. Mm -hmm. My dad will have a heart attack. They'll think I'm dying. Yeah. Okay, I, they'll think I'm mm -hmm. in jail. They'll ask, are you on drugs? I said, good. Imagine when a child is calling home and telling the mom or dad, I'm sorry that I hurt you and I love you. And if that is how your parents will react, how far you must be from your parents? Mm -hmm. Do you want to wait when they are in, lying in a grave and then you want to say, I'm sorry? Do it today. The moment you do that, you will move into the top 1% of people on the planet. No, but they will say, I said, no, they will not say. Even if they say that, you have to be able to tell them, no, I'm not going to jail. I'm not dying. I don't have COVID. It's just that I realized that I have hurt you. And you don't spoil it by saying somebody told me to say this. Don't do that. Take the credit for it if you could do it. And don't spoil it also by saying, but you also hurt me. You said this, you did that. That is their problem. That's their problem. Let them deal with mm -hmm. it. That's not yours. But do this. Now, after this, and this is even harder, turn to your husband or your wife and say the same thing. I know I have said and done things to hurt you. I want to say I'm really sorry. I love you very much. And you just give them a hug. You come back and tell me you did this. I'll tell you, you are a giant. And one final exercise. Yeah, I love them. One final exercise. <laughs> 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 okay, one final exercise. Now, 
I need all of you who are watching, listening to commit to doing this exercise. When you go home today, first thing you're going to stand, of course, in front mm -hmm. of the mirror. Then you're going to call mom and dad mm -hmm. and then talk to your husband or your wife yeah. or your partner. Now, the garbage in your house, don't throw it out today. Mm -hmm. The garbage, everything, the dry, wet, disposables, mm -hmm. all of it, leftover food, anything, babies, diapers, whatever mm -hmm. it is, collect the garbage in a bag, keep it next to your bed, and oh. you are going to sleep next to the garbage. There's no sense in keeping it next to your bed and you checking into a hotel. It doesn't mm -hmm. work. You have to keep it next to your bed. I know the same look is on the face of the mm -hmm. others who are watching. Now, day two, you don't throw the garbage, you add it into day one's garbage. Okay. Day three, you're going to add it into day one and two as garbage. Okay. You're not going to throw it out. If anybody is living with you and if they come and they try and take the garbage, you fight with them. You can scratch them, bite them, kick them. No one touches this garbage. This is my garbage. And you have to do this for one week running. Okay. What is the? What do you think will happen if you do it? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the responses uh, I get. Mm. I'll fall sick. I'll die. I'll start smelling. I can't bear the smell. I can't bear the smell. Mm. No one will want to stay near me. I'll lose all my friends. I'll get sick. I said, you're right. So for you not to get sick and for you to have people around you, you know you have to throw the garbage out. What about the garbage you carry here in your mind? Every day, week, six months, one year, five years, ten years, you stink. Because of the junk, you don't want to get rid of it. This is my garbage. Mm -hmm. I will not forgive him. I will not forgive her. That manager did this to me. My husband did this to me. And I want to hold on to this. This is my garbage. You really, the garbage in your life is directly proportionate to the garbage in your head. Get it out. Cool. Get it out. I think these are the best. <laughs> final messages we got on the podcast we appreciate it so much there is one last thing before i make the closing is we have a tradition called the alpha talks memoir where the alpha guests have to do three things number one write about the experience in the podcast second write a question to the next alpha guest whatever this question is it's a way of making our guests talk to each other though even though they don't know each other and the third one Who do you recommend to be the next alpha guest that can really give value to our audience? But before we move to this part, I need to ask you the question from the last alpha guest. Ah, okay. I was okay. wondering where that was coming. <laughs> uh, what is the best thing about being a human being? Okay. I think the best thing about being a human being is the unique ability that you have to really change everything in the universe for the better. Whichever faith you come from, okay, it doesn't matter which faith, which all our religious texts tell us what? That we have been created in the image and the likeness of our creator. Now, what is, we've read that, but have we understood that? This is the power of being human today, okay? The image and the likeness of our creator is what? Abundance, happiness, uh, wealth, health, inclusion, forgiveness, ab achievement. All of this, there is no depression, there is no poverty, there is no fear, there is no anxiety, there's no bitterness, there's no anger, there's none of that is in it. We have been given that image. And then the next verses will tell us, whichever religious text it is, the next verses will tell us, we have been given the power to have dominion over the earth. 
Mm-hmm. So not only are you, and how would you not have that power if you are created in the image and the likeness of that greater intelligence? Let's just call it that because of the different people yeah. who are listening. You've been given that power by the greater intelligence. How would you not dominate? True. So we need to understand this. There is no bird in the air that's faster than us. There is no animal on the planet that can stand against us. There's no fish in the ocean that can do it. We have dominion over everything. Why then, when we have that ability, we're living like little chickens under an, I don't know, under something? True. Yeah. I love the answer to this question. Dr. Anand, thank you very much for being with us today. As I told you, it's very valuable to me. I was sitting like a student. Thank you very much for sharing this. You know, I like to say things open. I woke up today in a wrong, I would say, side of the bed. And I thought, I'm a little bit fed up. And I said, like, oh, my God, I have an interview. But you did an impact on me. So you helped one person a day. You did it already, so I appreciate it too much. You had an extremely positive impact on my mindset today. And I'm sure that everybody listening to us felt the same. So I thank you again. And it's not going to be the last podcast we do. I look forward to have you again in the Alpha Talks podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Saif. I'll close this with one line. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You will sleep tonight on the right, right side, side of it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Doctor. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity, and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Safer Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight, and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you, exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.